0: That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised.
1: I'm Shane Ramey, you're listening to That Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. If it's your first time listening, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today. Hits, so it's time to go. Big shout out to Humans Music. Thanks again to those guys. Check them out, humansmusic.com. You can find no more podcasts advice, and resources. And you can also contact us by going to thatsoberguy.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at thatsoberguypodcast. You. We'll be sure to put all the links from today's show in the show notes so they're easy for you to find. You never bring it Got a together. great guest for you today. His name is Philip Barb, and Philip is a two-time Emmy-nominated Los Angeles-based television producer and performance coach. He's been asked to speak all over the country, educating and encouraging high school and college students through high energy entertainment and unforgettable storytelling. And uh, Philip is also the author of All the Reasons I Hate My 28-Year-Old Boss, which we'll talk a little bit about today Let's share a chapter from the book. And uh, man, just great to talk some, uh, some sobriety stuff today, some life stuff, what it's like to two dudes trying to do the best we can in this crazy ass life. So, uh, Philip, man, it's great to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, sir.
0: Dude, thank you so much for having me. You know, so, so often I'm used to being like the super high energy guy <laughs> coming in the room that it's like, you know, like as soon as that music hits and you're in, I'm like, yes, I'm in, man. Yes. I, I'm, I'm
1: stoked, man. I love it, man. I love it. I know it's nice to, uh, isn't it nice? Like when I get to be a guest on other people's shows, I always love that to just be able to kind of kick back. Watch them work, and then jump in the conversation. So you get to do that today. I appreciate you oh, coming totally. on, man. Yeah, thank you.
0: Yeah, um, dude. Thanks for thanks for having me. I'm stoked to, to to dive in, and and I love how you I love how you set that up, right? Because it's just two dudes living sober lives trying to figure it out, man. Because yeah. it's uh, this this journey, uh, the journey of sobriety is is very much that. It yeah. is the it is the journey, and it's like no matter how much. I want to believe there's some sort of magic door that I'm going to walk through and never have a problem on the other end of it. Right. Like, like, Hey, yeah. like, I feel like I should have like a card in my pocket that like when life's problems come, it says like, no, wait, feel sober. <laughs> you like, yeah. wait a minute. Like you, this, oh. this, this, this doesn't apply to me. Everything's uh, supposed and, to be going it, it, my
1: way. What's going on here? Uh, you know? Of it's course. Like, yeah. What happened, man? Yeah. What happened? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, you, you said something, uh, trying to, trying to figure it all out. And I'll just say the more, I think the more I try to figure it out, the worse I get at it. So it's, I'm just like, I think I'm at this point where I'm, I've just kind of thrown the hands up hundred percent and just said, I I don't know. It's like three of my favorite words. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Do you relate to that at all?
0: Dude, I, you know, I, as you say that, the word that just stands out is that damn surrender Mm. word that we hear so often and we hear all the time and it's like and it's so difficult i mean you know i'm you know 15 years sober and i still have those you know like i was just talking with somebody the other day about how like you know drop the rock right we've got that thing and we're holding on to that thing and it's like i'll drop the rock and i'll have a moment of like I'm, you know, I can't handle it anymore. I'm gonna hand it off. I'm yeah. dropping this rock. I don't need it anymore. Dropped. Life gets good, and then I'm like, Hey, where's that rock at? Where's that rock? I need to pick that thing back up <laughs> yeah. again. I need it back, you know. Yeah, and it's pocket. uh, like, what, yeah, it's that, it's that having that ability to, um, really hand it over. Yeah, which I think is, it, it's a, you know, everything in my life. I, you know, I'm a very, I love the gym right I love going to the gym I love working out I've always been an athlete my entire life and I think some of my biggest frustrations in life is that I try to like going to the gym is very linear right like if you if you eat this amount and you work out this amount and you continue to do it for a long enough time you will see results it's very linear regardless of where you're starting from and I want life to be that way. I want life to be, you know, you (laughs) just do this, then this, then this. And then you get, then you arrive where you need to be and you can stop. And it's like, even with the steps, it's like, you know, going through 12 step. It's like, all right, cool. You got through step 12 and now guess what happens? We're right back at one. Like, let's get going again. And it's like, oh
1: Uh man. Yeah. It's crazy. Like we have this like vision of sticking the flag in the top of the mountain. And it's like, yes, I conquered (laughs) It's soon, you know, and then, and then, and then you like, I don't know the more that I go on the more I realize like that's just not it's just not really realistic it doesn't mean I can't have wins and can't have visions yep. and dreams and goals and all that stuff but like i'm 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 never going to arrive and so there's even that, like you're talking about acceptance like there's even that some acceptance in that like I'm just trying to do the best I can day by day you know and do do the next it's like it sounds cliche almost even like do the next right thing we hear that a lot too but like it really is true just put one foot in front of the other and you know, do the best I can.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like we're, you know, it's like always, uh, you know, even from like a faith base, right? Like, whether, wherever people are at in, in their faith journey, right? Like, we yeah. hear it all the time. Like, everybody probably knows or have heard the Lord's Prayer, right? And in there, oh, what yeah. is it? It says like the daily bread, right? <laughs> and it's like, and I, daily bread really right? like just and that's dude Austin awesome pro one day at a time right yep. it's about being here just and it's such a difficult concept to truly land with us or i'll speak yeah. for myself right like there's i'm like oh yeah cool i'm good today but what about tomorrow what about the next week? And like hey how do i how do i get all this how do i stack all this daily bread together yeah and and i like so that i'm like i want i want my bread for the next year and it's like yeah <laughs> that ain't how it works bro Like that, that is not like but it's you know it's funny i don't sit around and bitch about having to tie my shoe every day yeah but i still do it, do it. Yeah. i you just do it right and it's and there's yeah. no like Oh man, like I just, I can't imagine a world where like every day I got to get up and I got to like tie my shoe. Okay. Although sometimes I do buy slip-ons. So I guess I'm cheating the system. Oh yeah. But it's like, you know, but there is that part of like, man, that, that, um, that, that like feeling like, oh, this is a constant thing. It's a, it's like, like no bro, like we get today. Like yep. we get today. Are we taking care of today? Yes. Cool. Hey, and then let's, let's just stay there. Let's stay present. And, but it's, it is, man, I mean, how many, I mean, it's 2023, it'll be, you know, 77, 89. And people will be like, man, we just
1: got to be present, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know, man. The, well, the one day at a time thing. That's funny, John, never. I never connected that. So thank you for that. When you said the daily bread from the Lord's prayer, and then one day at a time, I never put that connection together. So just now, when you said that, that's, that's uh that makes a lot of sense too. Um, and it's, it's a little easier said than done sometimes when we got life's, you know, stuff coming yep. at us, but, um, I'm going to switch gears a little bit and sure. I just want to, I want to, uh, give everyone out there listening. Um, one of the topics we're going to, or a couple, couple talk, topics We're going to talk a little bit about, what it's like long term sobriety we talk a lot about what the short term is you know 30 days 60 90 a year Um, but I feel like that conversation doesn't come up about long-term. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, building a strong support team. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Phillip's book, a chapter out of the book, but first dude, I want to just kind of hand it off to you and just, can you give us a quick background of yourself? Kind of like a a quick synopsis of what you went through, um, you know, prior to putting 15 years of sobriety together, which congratulations on that. It's pretty awesome.
0: Definitely, man. So the, um, the quick, you know, the the quick, you know, trying to wrap it up as, as much as I can, right? So, I grew up in, in Detroit, uh, you know, 10 minutes from downtown Detroit on the south side. And for me, I had a I had a dad that was a police officer. I had a mother that was involved in school board in our little community. And they were pretty, you know, well-known in, in that. And so, I feel like for me growing up, I never really met people like that didn't already have an expectation of me, of like a cop's kid, school board member's kid, but right? And so... I kind of started developing a little bit at a pretty young age, right? Like having this, this pressure of feeling like I needed to be something I needed to prove, or I needed to, to live up to some sort of an expectation that was never laid down on me or anything like that. But, uh, so I start, you know, and also I was the youngest kid on my block growing up. So I hung out with a lot of older guys. So I, even in that, it brought its own insecurity of, am I cool enough, funny enough, smart enough to hit, kick it with the older guys. Right. So fast forward. I mean, like I remember dude, like having like kind of some of these thoughts as a young kid. Uh, then I eventually, you know, get through, you know, but I'm still going through sports. I was always kind of like a good athlete. It was always a good, I uh, was good in school, all that stuff. Uh, kind of like a poster child that I wanted to be, I wanted to be the perfect little kid. Yeah. And when I'm getting into middle school and like when my buddies who are the older guys are starting to smoke and drink and do things at 16, 17, I was 11. So I start drinking with these guys at 11, Um, and in what I realized that I really loved, right? Like, sure. I wanted to fit in and cool. Like you get the buzz and you, you feel like you're older, but like it turned off the voice in my head that was in constant judgment of me. And that was what I, I was like, Whoa, I'm actually, we talk about being present. I'm like, I'm actually here right now. I'm not thinking about down the line or I'm not, I'm not worried about my parents or how this reflects on me. I don't. Care right now. And that was really where I loved that. So the drinking kind of starts of, you know, going weekends away, camping trips, partying with the guys. And then when I'm 14, my mother's diagnosed with cancer. When I'm a week before my 16th birthday, she loses her battle. So we did the chemo, the whole thing, uh, you know, and I'm so I'm a sophomore in high school and my mom passes away. And
1: which let, me, let's, let's I, be real yeah. too. Like that's such an, that's such a confusing time just in general, like that in age, general, dude. like that's such a hard age. And then you lose your mom. Like, wow.
0: Yeah. And so it was like everything of, uh, you know, it's, it's a mismatch of I'm angry at God. I'm angry. I'm sad. I'm broken that my mom is gone. I'm also incapable of showing of really opening up because everything I've been, you know, I'm still in that, like, you know, Hey, life happens, things happen. You got to like deal with it, you know, stand up, be your own man type thing. Um, And all I, you know, and and then it's like, and also I'm at an, you know, dude, I wanted to be Stifler in the worst way from American pie, bro. (laughs) Like I wanted to like, I wanted to be that guy, that life of the party that like was doing the wild stuff. And, and I think that there was an element of, you know, you start adding all of that together, dude. And I was, it was just a recipe for disaster for me with drinking, right? Like I was started using drinking as a way to, to escape, to enhance, to fix. I mean, I would, and not just partying, like, dude, I'd show up, my buddies would go play basketball. I would show up with 24 Ks, right? We like, we would go, we we would go want to hang out and play video games. And I was the one that showed up with a couple of 40s. Like everything I did, I thought I needed the drink for, because it was like, oh, because it's going to make it better. It's going to be more fun. It's more fun when we're drunk. But it was like, I was just trying to escape, dude. I was trying to like get out. And, and so where things end up kind of, you know, wrapping up the cu- next couple of years, right? Like, so I get, you know, oh, and you know, I'm still through all of that, right? Like still on the, uh, on honor roll. I get to Michigan, I went to Michigan State University. I was on the Dean's List. I graduated college in three and a half years. Like I had all of this, like, achiever, achiever, achiever mindset. I'm not going to let you see me weak. I'm not yeah. like, I'm going to prove that. I'm And so I was allowing successes in one area of life to blind me to failures in another, which was yeah. my drinking. So wow. 18 years old, crashed my car in Detroit, drinking and driving. Um, you know, 19 years old, got arrested for, you know, minor in possession. 20 got arrested for minor in possession. Uh, had fights where one time I got into a fight where I got Pushed back into a, you know, it was a drunken brawl where I got pushed back into a hot water he- heater or a hot water tank in a basement. Right, this is Michigan style. And like two metal prongs went in my head. I had to get seven staples in the back of my head, and then all this is happening. And like I said, dude, still on the dean's list, making everything, like doing my best to keep up the appearance of yeah. all together. And and then I graduate college, get ready to move to Michigan State, and I end up getting. 11 day, or get, get, getting ready to move to uh to Los Angeles and 11 days before I leave I get arrested for a DUI in the town my dad's a retired police chief in oh, wow. from the only from the newest cop on the force who didn't recognize the last name wow and it's like I'm so like, and, and then from there, right. Even still, it was like, there's the part of me that was like, I'm going to game the system. I'll start going to AA. Cause they'll probably make me and I'll show that I'm really sorry and blah, 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 blah. And like, there's this, this theme throughout so much of, of, of my ex- like adolescence and even, you know, to a s- extent as I got into sobriety of g- desperately, desperately wanting you to see the real Phil mm. and being and simultaneously being terrified of you seeing it because you won't love me or you won't accept me. And so there became this such a push and pull and, and such a tension in that that it was like all I really wanted was for you to see me for the hurt, broken kid that didn't have it together, that doesn't know what's going on, that wants somebody to give me a hug and tell me I'm gonna be okay and, and have my back and make me feel not alone. But then I was in completely incapable of being that vulnerable to allow that to happen. So I felt even more distant and that much separated from people. And so dude, I get into recovery. So I get sober, um, 22 years old, get into recovery. I'm very, I actually think I benefited a lot from being a young person in AA, where there weren't other young people. I was completely incapable of being honest with my peers, but I could be honest with people that were older than me. That was yeah. like, you yeah. know, like that I was easy. like, oh yeah, you know, like let me be the special young person in AA, right? <laughs> and and I'd love to say I got into AA and I immediately dove into twelve step and I made it work. I didn't. Like I got in and I was going, but I still didn't really want the accountability. I still didn't really hundred percent want to have to be completely vulnerable with things I wasn't comfortable with. I had been practicing rehearsed vulnerability for years. I learned how to give you enough so that you thought that I was okay, but I ain't going to give you the full story. Like I'm not going to give you all of it because I can't control all of it. I would only give you what I could still control emotionally. So it was, I was, it was all rehearsed vulnerability. But so I go through, I go through um, the program and dude, honestly, I didn't do the steps. I didn't have a sponsor. And I get to about four and a half years sober, four and a half years sober without wow. without any of this. And I'm at a meeting in North Hollywood out here in California. And I'm at a meeting in this, this. I do my my little share, right? My perfect, like, listen to me. I'm a young person in <laughs> AA. I got like two, my three minutes is so entertaining. Hey, yeah. and, uh, and this dude walks up to me afterward. And yeah, big, tall dude, bald guy, you know, kind of big, you know, and he's like, uh, he's like, Hey man, uh, I just wanted to introduce myself. And I wanted to let you know that I think you're absolutely full of shit. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. You're like, okay. He goes, he goes, he goes, you got four and a half years. He goes, five years is dangerous. Mm -hmm. Do the work, get a sponsor, do the steps, quit messing around. And I asked him to be my sponsor. And he's the guy that took me through the steps for the first time. And I told him all the shame, the regret, the guilt, the things that I had done, the things that had happened to me, all of it. I was able to clean house. Mm. And and it's crazy because I think about this of here's an absolute stranger who, for whatever reason, saw something in me. The bo- like he was bold enough to come you know whether he saw a, a train heading towards a, a derail or whatever he saw right but what he saw was like broken 14 year old phil yeah he saw insecure sad alone he didn't see the guy with the great three minute share who's been sober, who has his whole shit together. He saw the real me. And it was like, bro, that changed the trajectory of my life. Mm. Like getting sober was step one, but the gift wasn't just taking the alcohol away. The gift is like who I've been able to become now. Yeah. Um, And uh, sorry, Alexa's talking to me now about (laughs) it's lunchtime. (laughs) okay um but like that was the gift and that is what the gift is that continues to give is this idea of it's not just about like taking the drink away is important yeah but i think that there's so much more to gain than just the absence of alcohol in our lives um and it took me a while to get there but it, I got there, so that's that's the that's the the that's the quick version. That's as quick as I can do yeah. it, man. I'll get better one yeah. day.
1: No, I love it. That was great, man. That was great, and I appreciate you, um, you know, just being open about it. And uh, I love at the meeting, like you were saying, like that the 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 dude who called you out on that, he basically saw right through you. Like he saw through mm-hmm. all of, he saw he saw through the the mask that Phil put on for that three minute share. And then was bold enough or just didn't care and was like, yeah, hey, like, come on, dude. Um, and I think you know that- what, dude, as you say that, I'm sorry to cut you off, yeah, man, no, but as true. you say that, it makes me think of like,
0: I wonder how many people saw it, too. And they never said something. Mm, mm. And I was unaware of it. Like, I thought I thought this armor was fucking clean. Yeah. I thought it was like you ain't seen through it. I wonder how many people were like, look at this guy. Yeah. And, and and that's just a reminder for all of us, right? From a self-awareness point of like, we can only see so much of ourselves. Yep. We have blind spots. And no matter how much we think we're fooling everyone or even trying to fool ourselves or whatever, it's like, if we really want to be real and and grow and we want to do the right, like we have to include other people in the process of our growth. Yep. Because there's so many blind spots that like, We're just not going to be able to see because that's the nature of it being a blind spot, right? It's not like, that's what it is. And that's the importance of having community. Um, and sorry, man, you know, just as you started talking, it just got me thinking. I was like, man, I'm so grateful he saw it, but it's like, how many people saw it? And we're like,
1: well, what's crazy is that, is that we, you know, we can't see it either. Like, uh, and, I was talking to a buddy of mine, Ed, you know, Ed Lattimore. I don't, I don't know if you follow Ed. Great, great dude. Mm-hmm. He's out of Pittsburgh. And he was talking about brutal honesty, basically. And he was saying how one day, you know, he um, was heavily drinking. He was working at like a mobile phone store making like eight or nine bucks an hour. And he said he got to the point where he literally looked himself in the mirror and just said, yo, like you're a loser. Like and he was just and he like that brutal. Uh, that's so hard to do. Like it's so hard to do because we do put up, we put on, like you said, this armor or we put on this mask, and we try to, um, you know, we try to escape and look and appear one way when on the inside we're just self-destructing basically. And then what's the solution to that? The easy solution is to numb out alcohol, drugs. But what I love that you talked about, and maybe you can even touch on this a little bit more, is the fact that it, there's so much more to it than just not drinking. So how much have you got to know yourself as a man, as a human being, as a son, as a friend, like how much growth has come in that just since like put all the alcohol and the drugs and all that stuff aside, just the, the human perspective in that in yourself, man, what's that been like?
0: It, it's been, I think one of the, the, One of the big things that I try to remember, I take myself way too seriously. And I know I say that as a joke and with a smile, excuse me, but I really do. Right. Like I'm mission based and passion based and I'm out there and I got to go and do And I think one of the big reminders is like, I have to constantly remind myself, like, Hey man, like you are a human. You're not a robot. You're not a superhero. You're a human. And that is okay. You're going to, and And I have to look at, I made mistakes at 19 and I made mistakes at 25 and I made mistakes at 31. What makes me think I'm not going to make mistakes at 39, at 42, at 45? Like it's okay. And so in the understanding that, Hey, there's probably, I will make mistakes I you uh, know I can try my best to hand over the perfectionism that I that I deal with but also under, like leave room for the discussion leave like I don't need to be right about everything the, sometimes there yeah. is no right or wrong it's just differences of just opinion yeah. so I think what when I really look at you know getting you know getting sober at 22 opened the door for so much of me to be able to start understanding myself, um, understanding people, uh, hearing, you know, I think there's a an interesting thing that happens when you listen to a lot or you hear a lot of stories, right. Is, is it kind of, is almost like a, you know, you know, those glasses that used to come in like the, in like the cereal box and you put them on and it would oh, show yeah. a hidden message. Yeah. It's like, that's what starts to happen when you hear enough people talk about here's what I was here's the behavior I was doing. Here's what I was saying. Here's what the outside looked like, but this is what was inside. And you start seeing this and hearing it enough that you're able to start seeing like, not that you just overly say, oh, well, anyone that does or says this must be feeling this, but it gives you a little bit more understanding of where other people might be coming from. It gives gave me a lot more empathy for people. It gave me ability to to connect with individuals when, you know, you listen for what they aren't saying. And I'm not talking, and now I'm talking about people that are outside of recovery, outside of so- sobriety. Yeah. You, people that I work with or that you encounter, or you know, it's opened the door for me to now be, you know, to be able to do coaching. Um, you, a- you're able to see patterns and not that you, like I said, not that you just magically say, oh, well, I'm going to easily diagnose you because you said three words, yeah. but it gives you some pattern where you're like, all right, I'm hearing you say this, maybe it might be down this line. And so I think it's, it's helped me be able to understand me, what I really want. Um It's given me the opportunity to appreciate that I can actually be, I get to be deliberate yeah. in my life rather than default, right? I get to choose like what is it that I want me to be about what who is what what are the values that Phil has that I want to bring into all aspects of my life, whether that's coaching or or speaking or producing or whatever it is? like I get to decide on that rather than the default, right? and like and that's I'll tell you dude, that's a battle, right? like we yeah. are in yeah. in the social media world, in the online presence, we are all trying to create a fake it till you make it an image of who you are that is outside yeah. of what you really feel. Um,
1: I tell my wife that and all I the time, it's like this fake, it's this fake digital space that is really, it's not real. <laughs> and and, and yeah. all, in all, in all reality, it's really, it's really not, it's not real. Like it's, you know, it's not tangible. It's strange. Yep. And, dude, and it's, it, it's
0: this thing of also, um, it's, it starts to create this idea, or not to create it, but it reinforces the shoulds of life. You should be doing this. You yeah. should be here at this age. You should be married, or you should have kids, or you should be successful. You should wake up at 5 a.m. every day and do an ice bath, or else you're not going to be a successful entrepreneur. <laughs> dude, if but, I see <laughs> another
1: ice bath freaking video, dude, there, I'm going to puke all over it. I'm over it.
0: It's... <laughs> and... and, and and the thing is like what we can look at, right? The, all these shoulds, I read this the other day and I forget where I read it, but it's like the shoulds is social programming.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Every should, every, I because who, who's, where, where, where else is that coming? I should where else all would over that myself, become? you know? Right? <laughs> it, 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 totally. Yeah. There's one of the, I love that one. It's always so good, right? And it's, but it is that, and it's like yeah. the shoulds get in the way. Mm-hmm. And when we identify like, what are the social programming that we're experiencing like that's the default. That's what we're getting bombarded with every day. That's the matrix that's the whatever analogy you want to use, right? like but when we the gift of sobriety and of of diving into you know mental health and understanding you know personal development is the choices that it provides mm. is the idea that it at least allows me to know wait, There's a default scenario and then there's a deliberate scenario where I can do something differently. I get to choose and it's not your fault and it's not anyone else's fault. And to an extent, right, you can blame society, but it's like, hey, but that's out of my control. Like, what do I need to figure out? What is my, what is within my control? And then how do I challenge myself? how do I have the courage to know the difference? Right. Like you know, our serenity prayer, right? Like dude,
1: the serenity yeah. prayer is, you so, know, yeah. flawless, man. It's, it's flawless. a lifesaver. It's so right good. There. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's like a staple, you know, that I think that was one of the first ones when I got sober that, um, you know, that I had heard and, um, man, dude, there, you, you said a lot there, just the, the back to the kind of the digital media space and the, reality space and then i think it kind of ties back into what we said in the beginning like just staying in the moment too like i feel like with so the bombardment of media and culture and news and all that stuff and and then the shouldas like i why why am i not you know on vacation right now why, why don't i have this many followers or this many downloads or whatever i mean I've gone through that stuff myself. You know what I mean? I'm, everybody mm-hmm. has, I think anyone who says, oh, I've never done that. You're probably lying out of your ass, you know, because yep. it's, it's, I feel like it's normal, but like what's not normal is to be living in it day in and day out and just trying to, um, you know, tr- like trying to keep up with it all. It's absolutely exhausting. And it still, it robs you of the moment. It literally robs yep. you of the moment period. Well, it, it's this belief that
0: this, it's the belief that there, we talked about earlier, the magic door. There's, we, it's like we suffer up until the point where we believe that there is going to be a, a thing that we achieve where there's no more suffering. And we're holding our, we hold our happiness and our peace hostage to this moment in the future where, well, once I get to this, or if I could only have that, or, yeah and it's like, what it's like we, we, why do we do that to ourselves it's like yeah. where is it like what is it that is that is pulling at us that makes us feel like dude it's so much of it goes is- to just that that piece of just not feeling good enough where we're at and and or or dude like i think it's Dude, I joke like there's a lot of things from sports that I internalized, right? That I was like, you got to always be working. If you're not bleeding, if you're not throwing up, if you're not pushing it, you should yeah. be bloody and and that's the only way you're going to move forward. It's like, yeah. okay, man, maybe like maybe for maybe for an hour football game, but I shouldn't live my life that way.
1: Yeah, going
0: hard. I don't want to live I, I don't want to live my life in a battle. I want to have peace and yeah. joy. And I think that that's that's something that recovery has given me is the understanding and I'm not perfect at it at all, man. I'm 15 years sober and I still struggle with it at times, but like, yeah. it at least gives me the acknowledgement that like, Hey, peace is a, is a reasonable and big enough goal to shoot for. Yeah. I love it. I don't need like, it doesn't need to be the million dollars, the all the homes, all the car, all the wit, all the shit. All the shit that Stifler thinks he wants, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, like he's not running the show. Like, yeah. for Phil to sit and be like, you know what? My number one thing, right? Like, I got a couple of pillars. Service is one of them. I want to be. I want to experience gratitude. I want to encourage other people, and I want peace.
1: Yeah, it's good.
0: And I, you know, and that's mm-hmm. that's something that dude, I don't think I ever, I don't know. I don't know if I don't, I definitely know that 37 year old Phil would not be on a podcast talking about peace. If I were still (laughs) the guy who was like drinking, using, trying to, you know, trying to do all the crazy stuff. Like that was, I wanted chaos, dude. I wanted chaos and escape. And then I wanted to escape the chaos so I could cause more chaos.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Peace was not, peace was not a, Um, even a thought at least in, I know for me in my twenties, it was the same thing. It was like very controlled chaos. I think that's how I like to refer to it, but you just, you you reminded me of one thing too. I was stopped dead in my, in my reading the other day. I was in the book of Romans. It's Romans eight, six, and it says the, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. And so there's this internal battle that we all go through day in and day out of, well, I'll speak for myself that I'm in it daily, like trying to navigate like the, the flesh world side and then trying to rely on my spirit and trust God and trust the process and be able to find a little piece of that joy and and peace and operate in service, gratitude, glory to God, like all of that stuff, man. And it's um it can be confusing some days. I'll go a couple of days and I'm like, man, what's off today? Oh yeah. I haven't connected with God. I haven't read. I haven't prayed. I haven't meditated. Like that's what it is. It's and it so we are constantly being bombarded with with the
0: With the things of this world, right? To 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 use the like to you know to talk from a religious standpoint or whatever, like just the pressures of society from everything that we're getting hit with, whether it's whether it's a car telling you that you're not a good enough husband because you 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 need this car to give to your wife, Mm -hmm. or your ring wasn't big enough. Uh, or whatever, you know, whatever that thing, whether it's that or whether it's the new T-shirt that's telling you that that's what's going to make you attractive to people or all the selling that we go through from a marketing standpoint, we're getting bombarded with the marketing all the time. Yeah. Then we go on social media, we're getting bombarded all the time there. And it's not that it's all evil, right? Like, you know, hey, look, if I got a buddy that just went and went on a trip to, you know, I have a friend right now that's in Mexico. She's having a great time, right? And it's like, that is not a... I shouldn't be mad that they're on va- that they're on vacation. I should be happy for them, yeah. and and being able to celebrate. It's it's understanding life is not a zero sum game. Like so they can go have a great day, and they can have a great vacation. That doesn't diminish me. That doesn't say that I'm bad because I'm not currently on va- va- vacation. Like one one person growing muscle doesn't make my muscle disappear, right? Like we, yeah. there can be abundance, but there's so much in our brains. That we think from a scarcity standpoint, a lot of the times, yeah. we think that for someone to have something, it means we can't have it, or if they that they must be more worthy of a better life than us because we don't have. And it's we make these crazy snap judgments and these and we and, yeah. but they feel so real, they feel so tangible and real, and then we haunt ourselves with it. And it's like, yeah. and then we get in and then we get into constant thought about it. We get into constant thought about it or even if we're not in constant thought about it, say we do include our community, which I think is important. We have the, con- but then we're talking about it all It's We're in a, we are in a culture of talking, Dude, we're two guys right now talking on a podcast, right? We are talking <laughs> yeah. about it. We're ta- talking, and there's all this talking and talking. And I remember th- dude, I, I, there was this, this comic I saw one time and it was like a perplexed man stands in front of two doors and one door says to heaven, and the other door says books about heaven, and he doesn't know where to go. And it's like, <laughs> dude, you don't need to read another book about heaven. Open yeah. the door and go to heaven. Yeah. And for us, there are there's a time to have good conversation and to have community and to talk about even me talk about wanting peace. But at a certain point, I need to open the door and allow a life of peace to exist for me and not be someone that feels like I'm constantly in a battle, that it's con- like, like so- sobriety is a struggle, life is a struggle, uh, social media growth or career growth or entrepreneurship, it's such a, it's like, wait, man, like at what point are you gonna stop talking about peace and allow yourself to have it?
1: Mm, yeah, that's
0: And great. I think it's an important thing for us to, to keep in mind of once we decide what we want is actually allowing ourselves to enjoy it. Yeah,
1: man. You know, you know what I love about that? All, all of that is just that last part. And we have to take a look at this because I think it could be glazed over real easy, like allowing ourselves like some, I, like there's so many times I have to allow myself to be happy. I have to allow myself to be grateful. I have to allow because the mind, we're so hard on ourselves, even growing up, you know, like I was my own worst enemy and and we want to beat ourselves up and we want to question and like you said the shouldas i should have this i should have that when do we just stop and allow ourselves to just accept that hey that stuff happened it's gone it's done but what about today what can i do what door has god put in front of me that i just need to i don't even need to open i need to kick that damn thing open and just like run through it like right now let's go you know and that that kind of that kind of um Freedom, I think, in that is uh, it's it's very exhilarating, and it's also um, it's very fulfilling too. The freedom to just allow ourselves um, to to almost just to be, just to be in in the moment, you know.
0: Yeah, I think that there's you know, often when I we, we talk about this idea of wanting to live at the intersection of like absolute ambition and complete contentment. Right, like how can we get to a place where we're and I and I've figured out like (laughs) there are there are elements of me that I don't hear the word contentment. I I can't comprehend it sometimes. All I hear is complacency, Mm. and I have a fear of. In in part of it is driving through sports, being young and wanting to push. Part of us that feels like we. Like, bro, a lot of us, and I don't even know if there's any, like, I'm just kind of thinking of this, like a lot of us were punished at times if we did bad. And so it was like, we think that when we're being bad, we need to be punished and being punished is the only way that we can get to good behavior. So we punish ourselves because we're trying to punish ourselves into good behavior. We're trying to punish ourselves. And it's like, that's a childish way of looking at, like, you don't need to punish yourself to just move forward. Just move forward without the punishment, dude. It's okay. But there's so many things that might be ingrained in us. And like, so I, dude, I was just having a a talk with a buddy the other day, man, who he was like, bro, my wife bought me a hammock as a gift and I'm laying in this hammock and I had so much anxiety Mm. about what else I could be doing with this 30 minutes instead of sitting here in this hammock with the sunshine. And he's like, like, why is that so difficult for me to just allow myself to sit and and. There is, it's this, pe- like, I, I, if you really think about a lot of what we want, right? There's so much, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm speaking, I'll speak for myself. I talk about wanting peace. And then I set all of these parameters around like, well, what does peace look like? Peace is me, say peace is me sitting in a hammock, right? Yeah. Enjoying that moment. And peaceful. then I go, right? It's nice. It's peaceful. Yeah. It's nice. It's calm. And, but I'm like, so what are all the things that I need to do for me to be able to allow myself to do that and feel good about it? I have to go and do this. And I, how much do I need to have in the bank? What do I need to have in the garage? What do I need to have? Like, what does my home life need to look like? What does it blah, 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 all this stuff for me to like, why am I holding myself hostage to that? Why can't I say, Hey man, it's a Tuesday. And I think, you know what? I think I deserve a walk around the block today where I can just like breathe and And, and maybe go look at a bird or like, like, or whatever peace looks like to somebody. Maybe it's, maybe peace is just like, like sitting in, sitting in bed on a Saturday morning with the person that you care about and just being present with them and not feeling like you need to, Oh, we got to hurry up and we got to go, you know, Hey, it's Saturday. We got to get up and we got to go get brunch. And then we got to go to home Depot and we're going to have a nice little Saturday planned. (laughs) It's like, you know, like why we can, we can have those moments. And, um, yeah, I think I think that's, you know, even there's one thing that I've talked a lot about this with some friends, you know, my, you know, obviously my name is Phil. So like Phil, you know, 413 is, you know, a Bible verse that's pretty popular out there. Right. And the, uh, you know, I could do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And yeah. it's even on, it's even on Steph Curry's shoes, you know, yep. and, and so often, so often that verse, um, that verse is given as this, like. Nike, just do it, right? Like it's this, like I can do all things. through cry, I got strength. I can do it all, right? And but if you look at the full the full chapter, right? Everything, it isn't about running out there and conquering the world and taking the balls by you know the bull by the horn and doing your thing. It's it's about whether I'm good or bad, whether I have or I have not. I am okay because of God. I am okay. Mm Because of the power of God, right? And and look, I'm not, I am not, you know, I'm a Christian and but I don't I don't do a lot of speaking on, you know, on I'm, I'm yeah. pretty much outside of the, you know, I'm not a pastor and anything, but like that's been something that's always really stood out to me. That it's so easy for me to take something and look at it from a small point of view and want to use it as motivation for why I need to go and do more. Yeah. When if i open up the big picture what i'm actually being asked to do is not more i'm asking to have a relationship with my higher power yeah to with my god and and i don't have to earn that i just have to open, open up and board. be willing to accept that relationship um And yeah, we talk about like, what have you learned? Like it's taken a long time to learn that and it takes, and it'll continue to take me time to truly live it. Yeah, And, you know, I guess the blessing is like, I'm not there yet. There is still work to to do.
1: And, uh, cause what the hell will I do if I don't have anything to do, Matt? If we switch gears here, I know that's, uh, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about, so we got a couple things before we wrap up today, but um, about, you mentioned you're an athlete going to the gym. That's a huge part of my daily routine as well. Um, how important is that to you? What would you say to dudes out there who are listening, who are like, man, I don't know where to start. Is, is that going to help me stay sober? Like, what are your thoughts on that?
0: I think, I think fitness is, I mean, dude, it is huge for being able to challenge yourself, in a good way you start to feel better like there's so much like i'm not i'm not a scientist man but there's a lot of great things that happen from us getting our bodies in motion get you know moving you start feeling better right i think there's there's so much of our like there's so much of our mental health that is impacted by our physical health you know and if you don't feel good if your body's always hurting like you're gonna not feel you know like it's it's and it's if it's not like there's something special in learning to love the pain of what you did to it. Right. Like I love when I'm sore, like when I'm doing those things or like, I think that starting to eat right. is huge. Starting to move is huge. Um, I think it is, it can be such a catalyst. Um, It can be such a, you know, weird way. And I don't know who knows if it's healthy or not, but I think it can be like a great physical or a great visual aid for yourself. Right. When you start to see, we can't always, we can't always see the mental Growth until we, you know, like as I'm a big fan of like journaling and then going back and rereading journals, so you could see growth. But like you could start to feel better and change. So I think I think fitness is is huge, and I would say even from a starting point, it's do, you can dedicate. Can you dedicate 30 minutes to walking around the block? Yeah. You know, like in the time, like, here's the thing. If you're listening to this podcast, maybe in your car, you're heading to work or whatever, but like, maybe you're not, you could have been on a treadmill. You could have been walking around the block. Like you could have been doing something, listening to this. And like, it's amazing, right? Everyone thinks, you know, and, and this is one thing that I wish we would be more open with. It's okay to be an amateur, man. Yeah. We are in this culture of being the best. And if you're not going to be the best then why even try it all? If you're not, if you're not first, you're last. And it's like, no, dude, I'm not. I don't want to be a pro bodybuilder, but I want to be in shape, right? I don't need to run the fastest mile, dude. I'm I'm five nine, one sixty three, right? I don't bench. I don't have a four hundred pound bench, like. That doesn't mean that I can't enjoy being an amateur fitness enthusiast, right? And uh, there's so often that people think that they need to leap into, like, I'm not Arnold, bro, and I'm never gonna be Arnold Sports, (laughs) right? And you don't need to either. Like, when we're starting, if it's walking around the block, if it's if it's just if it's getting a, a twenty minute walk in, if it's just hey like starting to like limit limit how much fast food you're eating, start drinking more water instead of picking up the soda, like making some of these small things that help us just get in motion, like will help us from a just to get hooked. And trust me, once you get into it, like. Hey, you're an alcoholic. You'll probably uh, you'll probably end up getting addicted to fitness
1: too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's easy to do. I, I do know that. Um, what about uh, building like a support structure? So, like having people around you that support you, build you up, don't break you down, that are there for you. You know, you can rely on them. Like, how did you do that? How would you recommend somebody do that? Where would they start?
0: Yeah, I, I had a talk with a guy earlier. He was uh, he works in real estate, and he talks about how how much easier it became for him to start investing in real estate when he was spending time with guys that invested in real estate. Right. It's so much easier to go to the gym when you're hanging out with guys that go to the gym. It's just, it's, you know, the old, right. Hey, if you hang out in a barbershop long enough, you're probably going to get a haircut. Right. We've heard that a million times, right. In sobriety. And so it is that thing of like, surround yourself with the winners. Surround yourself with the people that inspire you, people that you can inspire. Um I'm a huge believer in that, right? Like you know, we've all heard it, right? Like you're the mean of the five closest people in your life. Like I've heard that a million times and I I was intentional about who do I want to be those people that I talk to on a consistent basis? And so like I have a I have an accountability partner, a guy that I met through recovery. This is not my sponsor, this is not a sponsee. I do have a sponsor and I do have a sponsee, but I have a friend who is sober. That we connected in the rooms, we became really tight. We talk every Friday. Nice. Every Friday we have a, we have a Facetime, and it's and sometimes it's just a check in. It's just a quick like, hey man, how you do? But it's like it's a it's a, someone I'm actively living my life with, right? I have guys. I love cigars, right? So cigars is my voice now, right? And I got a cigar group of guys that we hang together. Nice. I've got my AA, you know, I've got my AA men's stag home group that I'm at. I've got my my you know Christian men's group we have you know the LA men's group that is out here that I'm connected with and those guys I am and, and look from a from another side right like I've got a therapist I have a coach I have a financial advisor like I look like I understand my limitations as Phil and so when I appreciate that I am a powerful person but I also am human and I have limitations I look at like, What is the support teams that I can build around? What are the areas of my life that are important? What, you know, where can I in, you know, where can I like, dude, what are my goals this year? I'm 37 years old and one of my goals this year was prioritize family in a way that you never have before in your life. And that has now meant like I'm, I'm next week, I'm getting on a plane and I'm going to go back and visit my family for no other reason than I just want more time with them. And look, that is, and that's my choice. That's my choice to do that. And like, we all have a choice to make decisions on like, what is important to us? What are the, what are the relationships, the environments that we want to nurture and where do we want to spend our time? And then, you know what, like we have to be able to, it's not about like, well, when I get time or when things dry up here, what it, it's like, it's our life and we get to design it and, And also like, dude, it's so funny. I I did a post earlier today that I just, I've had so many conversations with friends lately that I'm so grateful for. Like, I'm so like, there are people that don't have, like there's a statistic that says like 15% of men in America don't have a best friend. 15% of men in America don't have a best friend. Like I'm overwhelmed with, love and god and not just like oh yeah i know that dude like dudes that know everything that i talk about deep things with and i'm so like i would have never had that capacity if it weren't for sobriety i know that for a damn fact but i'm so i'm so happy that that's what i have because when i die and they're at my funeral I highly doubt there's going to be a conversation about how great a TV producer Phil was. Yeah. Right. Because to me that would be a failure, but I will say, I know that there's guys that are going to talk about like, bro, when I was going through my divorce and I called Phil, he was there. Or man, when, when I was hey, you know, the day after the day after I woke up in the hospital from alcohol, I called Phil and he gave me a piece of advice that has stuck with me for 30 years. And like, that's, that's the purpose that I really want to lean into for my time on this earth. Yeah. Because to me, that feels like something rather than like, he helped sell a TV show to ABC, right? Like, like, and I think that those are the, and that's the power of community and relationship and friendships. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's good, man. I love it. I mean, that's, you're talking about the stuff that matters. That's what matters. Like at the end of the day. Um, what about struggles in, in like long-term sobriety? So like, um, you know, maybe somebody with 10 plus years, um, have you had some struggles with that being about 15 years in, what advice would you have for someone out there?
0: Yeah, for sure, man. And, and real quick, I just want to say if, Anyone that's still listening and watching, if you hung out this long, thank you so much for hanging out with us. And I hope if you're having a good time, man, please, you know, like support the podcast and and share and like and send it to a friend maybe. Um, And just we appreciate you guys hanging out with us. But, you know, long term sobriety, it's there's there's a couple of, of moments that like carry you right when you're when you're hitting milestones that first year uh you can get excited about those milestones and then you hit one year and then two years comes and then you get in a little bit and then then you're like oh man five i'm gonna hit five and then you hit five and like it's not new it's not new news to anybody right like it's not you know like you're, you're not the sober guy you know you're that sober guy right you're that sober guy and and so like it there's elements of like that pink cloud that that excitement around things that can fade if you're not working the program it's also life continues to happen and we've talked a lot about that right already like life will continue to throw things your way and there is that part like there there can be that i've i've definitely experienced the entitlement of why do i still have to deal with this like i shouldn't have to deal with this my 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 brain should not be man how many times i just say should man that's so funny <laughs> but it's like that should right that. like it's it's the idea that i've created about what a sober fill life is yeah. based on what based on what evidence but like it's because i get entitled that man i have put in all this work i've spot you know i'm sponsoring i, I do h and i i speak in the jails i go man why am i it's it's like I'm trying to I'm trying to prove or achieve my way out of being a human. Yeah. I'm a human. And so I think that that acceptance is something that, you know, my recovery has been in waves of times where I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm like, I'm in my car smiling for no reason. And life is I'm just filled with the excitement of being alive and of being of service and dude and then there's times i have times where i don't even like where i want to just punch you in the face like that that the the world police officer steps up where it's my job to put you in line to put you in your place and that you know what uh, you guys, if you all would just behave the way that I want you to, because I'm the man of good character, I'm sober. You're a bunch of idiots because you're still out there doing wild shit. If you would just listen to me, and since you don't, I want to, I want to kick everybody's ass, right? Like it's like, and then I have, like, dude, I have times I'll, I've talked with my therapist where I'm like, I'm just sick of being a good dude. Mm. Sometimes I don't want to be the nice guy. I don't want because. I don't want to make. I don't want to turn the cheek. I don't want to say the nice thing. I don't want to do the encouraging thing. There's times where there's that in, there, there's that entitled kid that's like, I want you to know that I, I'm not happy with this situation. Damn it, you know. It's that chaos.
1: And, that chaos you talked about as the as chaos. Knows, Jack, and, dude. Yeah, I know that's related yep. to
0: that. And and I think the that it 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 comes down to like how long do we stay in those mindsets and like. And here's the thing the I think the frustrating thing is when when you're in early sobriety, you start learning a lot. You learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about people you right. And but there's a there's a I forget who said the quote, but there's this thing of like, you know, most men only need to learn things once, but they need to be constantly reminded. And as you get deeper for me, as I've gotten deeper in, in recovery, uh, There are certain lessons that continually get reinforced, and it frustrates me because the perfectionism in me, the part of me that wants to be good, that wants to do things the right way, that wants to be a man of high character, I get frustrated that I feel the voice tells me that I'm making the same mistakes over and over again. When that's not the case. It's life coming at me and I'm having the opportunity to navigate life. Yeah. But there's a part of me that tells me you're if you like it's like, oh, you're still having a similar problem than what you had, you must have no growth through it. You must be the same guy. You've put in all this effort, you're in the same place. So therefore you must be doing it wrong. What are you even doing? And those in those thoughts. And I'll tell you what, we talk about like those thoughts come more and more, the more isolated I allow myself to become. Mm. The le- Like, because when I share about them, my buddies are like, oh, dude, let me tell you about me, right? And like, I, like, or hey, oh, man, so, so dude, I understand that, but that's not where you're at, right? The encouragement. But it's so, bro, it's so, it is that, it's still that mask of like that difference between yeah who I am and where I feel like I'm actually at versus who I think I need to be for you to respect and love and care about me. Then it's, then it's the image that Phil has created of who Phil is supposed to be and how Phil should show up in all these scenarios. And it's like, it's like, and now I'm, now I'm shooting all over myself because of (laughs) things that I'm saying, you know? And so I think that the power of, you know, and I'll say this man, I remember I remember my first little bit of getting into sobriety and going to those first meetings and the first time I saw somebody take a chip for 25. Mm. 25 years. And my first thought was this shit don't work. Right? Like god, if I'm here in 25 years, like what a joke. And now I I see and I appreciate so much more the value of a of a a man or a woman who gets like in 25 years you've had a lot of ups you've had a lot of downs look dude you and me we're at an age now where like if it hasn't already happened we're watching people die man we're watching family either whether that's parents friends parents or whether that's i mean do we you know we Losing people in the program, losing, you know, losing people that you shouldn't lose in the program, like losing 32 year old, 26 year olds, you know, like you're watching people lose their lives, you know? And it's like, you think of someone that's got 25 and it's all the ups and downs. And at each stage, they made a decision that like, I'm going to keep showing up. And it's not just about, I'm only going to not drink. it's I'm going to be here for the next one that walks through the door because I know that I need them and they need me. We need each other. It's part of the community. It's the fellowship. It's why we, and it's like, that is the beauty of, of programming. And look, and for me, it's AA and other things. It might not be that for everybody, but like being able to, to, to navigate the ups and downs and to keep, and to keep pushing forward. And it is that right. It's like, acceptance of what's out of your control yeah. right and yeah. and the courage to tackle what is it in it and then it's the wisdom of knowing what wh- wh- where you're at and it's yeah. like showing up each and every day getting that daily bread one day at a time yeah. and uh and finding that that joy and peace and service of life yeah
1: yeah that's good man um We just got a couple of minutes. I wanted to ask you about your book, All the Reasons I Hate My 28 Year Old Boss. Great. Love the title, by the way. Um, Thank you, man. Thank you. There was um, Silence the Advice Monster. You want to talk a little bit about that? Is that a chapter in the book? I'm assuming.
0: Yeah, it's a so it's a uh the book is it, every chapter is is a different reason you would hate your boss, right? From you know, they're you know, they are over, you know, they oversimplify everything to, you know, they're uh, you know, they're a micromanaging, you know, they're they're a micromanager, yeah. all these different things. And uh and but one of the lessons and one of the things where we talk about kind of like uh leadership. Mm. And this is important for a lot of us that are in recovery because either a we become someone's sponsor or b we start to become a person that other people rely on and want to talk to and there's a part of us and i really do believe this that when we want to be of service and we want to we 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 want to share what we've so graciously been given yeah. right we really do want to give back and i think that there's a lot of times where our desire to be of service too quickly prevents us from actually being able to have an impact on people because we immediately dive into advice mode. You give me a, someone asked me with a problem and I'm gonna be like, all right, here's the answer. Here's what you need. Like I read this book one time that was, it was called the gift of therapy and it was written by a therapist who had 40 years of experience. And it was written as a book to new therapists who are in their first year, second year. And one of his biggest things was about like, don't be so quick to diagnose someone because of two or three things in in, in the great movie goodwill hunting he's like i don't pretend to know everything about you because i read oliver twist right <laughs> and it's like there's yeah. there are these things that we can very over be overly simplistic when we start to give advice because we want to be helpful we want to serve what we need to do is we have to silence that advice monster that advice monster inside of us that wants to come out and help the world and instead we want to ask people powerful questions that help. Like we want to focus less on providing great insight and we want to focus more on provoking it. People know people like for me to assume that like Shane, that I'm going to talk to you and have so much better understanding of your life that you've been living for all these years. And I'm going to give you one or two sentences that are going to change your life. Cause I'm so great. No, but what I can do is I could dig and ask you some questions and actually pay attention to your answers and follow up and listen and ask you more and really try to help get to the bottom of something to where not I provide some great piece of advice, but to where Shane understands like, Oh my God, I wasn't even seeing it from this perspective. And I know exactly what I need to do now. That's the power of not diving in and like being quick to diagnose or giving a Oh, well, you know, you just, you know, well, you just need to have a, a lead magnet and then it leads them <laughs> into the funnel and then you make a million dollars, right? Or, oh, hey man, you're going to, you know, what you really need That's is funny. you just got to, you know, you, you you eat your vegetables or you do an ice plunge, you wake up at 3.47 in the morning <laughs> and then before you know it, you'll be a guest on Joe Rogan's podcast. You know, go. it's like, yeah. it's, those are, that stuff is, and I think we're actually in a time of. I think we're 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 like in that time of like toxic positivity, right? Of where people Dude, are just like giving good, these.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to put you it. You know, yeah.
0: people just give these overly, overly simplistic answers to very complex or even just deeper emotional, deep seated stuff. And it's like I like I'm I'm getting ready to launch this, this YouTube series that is uh ask a ask a life coach. And where I I get questions and I just answer them kind of how I would, like, if I were working with somebody. And I hope one of the things that comes out is, like, when I get a question, I'm very cautious to just dive into here's what you do. Yeah. Right? Because it's like someone's like, hey, man, I'm not really feeling my job anymore. I'm trying to figure out, like, you know, should I, like, should I step away from my job or should I? right? Or should I do something different? And it's like, oh, well, you know, what you can do is like, hey, take, you know, take a a list of paper a sheet and do pros on one side, cons on this. It's like, wait a minute. Okay. Yeah. That's one thing you do, but it's like, what's the deeper issue? Is it really your job or is there something like what else is going on in life that you're unhappy with? Like there's deeper stuff for us to always be able to understand. And the problem is when we get surface level, When we get surface level advice we get surface level results when we attack surface level problems we get surface level results it's not until we go deep and we're able to actually understand what's the root cause of things right that we actually get to the bottom of what really needs to be fixed rather than us just always and that's so much of what a lot of us do we do things on the surface level yeah and so i always talk about it like you know, long answer to say, yeah, the book is great. Silence the advice monster. Go read it. No, but it's like I think that's it. It's like less about less about needing or thinking that we can fix other people yeah. or that we're going to be so brilliant that we're going to prove our worth to them. As much as it's about ask genuine questions, listen, dig deeper, and build a relationship rather than just trying to fix or create a solution. Yeah. Um, and I think that we end up finding not only. Are we received better by the people in our lives, but we're actually able to be a much greater service to them uh, than if we were just to give, you know, BS. Here's what I would have done.
1: Yeah. Here's what you should do. No one wants to be told what to do. That's for sure, man.
0: Good- that damn should word, bro. That damn should word. <laughs> I'll tell you, that, That's going to be the title of this podcast, oh, no. bro. It's the, the damn shoulda, should word, bro.
1: Damn should word, man, dude. Yeah. This has been great, dude. I really enjoyed uh our time just chatting it up today man good stuff um where can folks you should have you, you should have hit record you should have hit record it would have been good if it was recorded no. <laughs> could you imagine bro i did that a long time ago a couple times back in the day i've
0: i've oh, i've been man. on a couple i've been on a couple of those man oh no! i've been on a couple of those yeah, where, if, yeah you get to the
1: end and you're like oh no oh i did we got to redo all that it's impossible it's impossible to capture that again um, right.
0: Exactly. Totally.
1: I'm going to, I'll put all the links in the show notes for everyone um, real quick. Uh, where can folks find it? Where can they pick up the book uh, and uh, yeah. reach out to you?
0: The the, easy, the easiest thing is philipbarb.com. You'll get there. It has all links to coaching, to speaking to any of it. Um, you know, all the reasons I hate my 20 year old boss is available on Amazon it's an ebook it is a heart or a, you know an actual paper cover or if you you know love audible and you haven't gotten sick of my voice yet i actually narrate the audio uh the audible um so you can dive in there and uh and just you know thank you so much for having me on and for anyone that is still listening and you've stuck with us this whole way through uh i hope that means that something resonated and uh we just you know Shane and i both wish you the absolute best in your recovery journey and your understanding of not just about alcohol but about just of you and the importance that you can have for your own life for the people in your life for your coworkers, for the people you don't even like but you get to we get an opportunity to be a light in the world and that's such a gift and so thank you guys for hanging out with us and and, um if you if you are here man i would love to hear from you so please hit us up on you know social media uh at philip andrew la um on
1: ig and all those things and uh thank you shane so much for having me man yeah, absolutely man you're a great dude man thanks phil appreciate you share the podcast with a friend you can connect with us on instagram at that sober guy podcast and uh be sure to hit phil up uh up at, at philip andrew la like he said and uh man appreciate you guys peace love and respect and keep your blood clean